5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Tuesday. What a beautiful day. Uh, we welcome you in, P-Man, Ben Byron producing. Hey, Ben. And intern Joe in the history. Casey, gang's all here. Uh, welcome in, everybody. A uh, fun fri- a uh, fun Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. It's for Bojangles. They serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch buttermilk biscuits. Uh, those buttermilk breakfast biscuits. They serve them up all day, every day. Bojangles, it's bow time. A little bow giveaway into the segment, so uh, hang in there for that. Sam Darnold speaks. We got it this time. We'll get to it. Uh, Matt Rule speaks. Right, Ben, on Sam Darnold in the draft, right? He's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better at speaking to the media. Well, look, in, in Matt Rule's defense, he's always worked at places, even at Baylor, where... I mean, you know, you probably dealt with the Waco media and that was it. Cause that's not a statewide program in Texas, like A&M, certainly like Texas or even Texas Got a lot Tech of competition to a in Texas. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, you know, I mean, if, let's face it in Philadelphia, nobody pays attention to temple by and large, you know, occasionally in basketball season, but. Other than that, so uh, he was also coming into a situation where he's got a maniac as an owner, right? The next Jerry and, Jones. And Jerry Jones light. And he had to deal with well, Look, if there's one thing Tepper's not, it's light. That guy, I think, is the richest guy <laughs> in, the, in the NFL, isn't he? I thought he's you were commenting on his owner. weight. I was like, well, Patrick, I mean, that's kind of mean. Who am I to speak of someone's weight? <laughs> but, um, no, uh, Tepper's the richest guy in the NFL. And he's, I, I read this last week, Ben, he's the richest guy. Uh, you know, they do that list of uh, billionaires. And for years, it's been uh, Jim Goodnight with Sass has kind of been the main guy in North Carolina. But it's it winds up being uh, Tepper now because of, you know, his his owning the Panthers and, and Bank of America and et cetera. Hey, he wants you to believe he's just one of the boys. He's hanging out at the tailgates, having a good old time. He's just a good little, nice little I, southern fellow from that, wherever he's from up north. I don't think there's nothing southern about him, but I, I do think that there is kind of a, a more of an average guy mentality about him because, I mean, he did work in, you know, finance and high dollar finance for, for years. And he got investments. lucky. He got lucky well, with some investments. God. Okay. That's a, I mean, that's look, what it is. We'll have works. a story today, Ben, that says you just can't say things about people. You'll learn this in a story coming up involving. Greenville's own cowboy Joe West in a minute. Might be in hot water. But um but Tepper's the like uh, the the richest guy in North Carolina, if you will, and then I believe in the NFL. So I think Matt Rule had these issues where he was, you know, coming into the cam situation and he was kind of thrown out there to speak on it, and he it was he could there was nothing he was gonna say that last year, Ben, and you even know this, that was going to make that was that was going to satisfy everybody. I think he's his putting, big mistake, though, is he straight up and said Cam was our guy, which kind of threw people that was off. A, that was a mistake. 
But I think he was trying to to make it seem like, you know, hey, look, I, as far as I'm concerned, Cam Newton's the guy here, so he's the guy I'm going to coach. Yep. I got you. But you're right. Matt Rule was not a great spokesman to trot out there last year. So we'll hear from him. Uh, Jaden Gardner spoke with uh, Channel 7 Sports, and so we'll uh, have a few comments from there. He made his commitment after the show last night to Virginia. Um, so there's a lot of things uh, to get into here today. Uh, and then sports gambling. So they opened up the first sports book on one of the uh, Tribal Lands casinos, the one in Cherokee, the Harris there. I don't know if there's one in the in the Murphy far western part of North Carolina, but I do know there's one that opened at uh, Harris, and that's the only one I believe in the state right now. Uh, they are opening another one sometime maybe in Kings Mountain. Uh, Rick Henderson, who was with the Carolina Journal, now has his own uh, his own uh, publication online, deregulator.net, and uh, you can check it out there. He's covering all things uh, North Carolina legislature. We always like to have Rick on at times when the governor would speak in the last year to kind of make sense of what it was and what was going on. But Rick also is a big sports fan, so he's kind of followed this bill that was submitted by a senator from Eastern North Carolina, Jim Perry. Uh, we've reached out to Senator Perry, hoping to have him on sometime soon to talk about this as it starts to make its way through. Uh, but they're quite busy at the legislature right now. So we got uh, Rick on. We'll talk to him a little later today, but this will be uh, will we see sports gaming totally legal in North Carolina, not only on your device, but also some brick and mortar locations that are on non-tribal lands? Uh, that could be pretty big. And it's all in the name of uh, not necessarily raising taxes to, to fund school construction. So it's a, it's a pretty good uh, thing, I think. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into some of the particulars. We have some cuts from Senator Perry, too. He appeared uh, on one of our sister stations earlier or actually last week and uh we'll we'll get to some of that uh coming up here uh joe west greenville zone row high alum elon pride of elon back when they were uh elon college the fighting christians uh was awarded a half million dollars in damages plus interest dating back to july 8th in a defamation suit against former all-star catcher paul laduca now i saw this and I thought to myself, what? Because everybody talks badly about Joe West. He's right? an ump. It's his job. <laughs> Nobody likes the ump. Nobody really likes Joe West. I mean, around here, he's a bit of a deity in some people's minds. But in baseball circles, Major League Baseball circles, Joe West is, is considered uh, a little bit of a hot shot, right? Kind of a guy that likes to put himself ahead of the game. That's been an accusation made by some over the uh the years, a big ego in the game. A New York Supreme Court uh, has issued the decision in a lawsuit that West filed in October of 2019 against LaDuca and the Action Network. Now, the network was dismissed from the suit last summer, but West was able to get the default judgment against uh, LaDuca. West contended that LaDuca said during an interview in a podcast on April 18, 2019, this is amazing. Uh, the podcast on the Action Network, that he had been ejected 15 times. LaDuca claimed to be ejected 15 times during his major league career, eight or nine by West. I mean, that seems like an innocent enough. I mean, it's an accusation in a way, but it's not. That's something that you might not, you know, you may forget, right? Yeah, I mean, P, you see this on 
ESPN and Fox Sports all the time. I mean, guys on these little debate shows or whatever type of shows, they might trash an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't expect them to lose half a million dollars for it. (laughs) West Suit claimed LaDuca said during, I think this is what got him. West Suit claims that LaDuca said during the podcast that when the player was catching Billy Wagner during a Mets game against Philadelphia in 06 or 07, West called three straight batters out on strikes. The umpire adds that LaDuca claimed Wagner told him. So Wagner allegedly telling LaDuca that the reason that he got the calls was that Wagner, the pitcher, had allowed West to drive his 57 Chevy. So I guess LaDuca voiced (laughs) this claim on the, I mean, that's a pretty stern claim. I could see you getting sued for that. West suit said LaDuca was ejected eight times in his career, only once by West. And of course, Joe West denied any favoritism and said Wagner did not pitch in the only Mets Phillies game that West worked behind the plate in 06, 07. So he totally had all his facts wrong and Cowboy Joe sued him. Uh, West is 66 years old, senior umpire in the majors, debuted at 76, and he became uh, a full staff member two years later. He started this season with 5,345 games umpired. He's on track to break Bill Klim's record for 5,370 games umpired later this year. He had really cut back his schedule in recent years. Uh, The judge said West intends to retire at the end of the season. Well, there you go. That's what it is. Good riddance. Get out of here. He gets a little bit of a uh, a payday before he leaves in the form of this, uh, this lawsuit against uh, Paul LaDuca. So get your facts straight, Ben. Get your own 57 Chevy with that money. Wouldn't that be great if Joe West bought a 57 Chevy with that money? Why not? Why not? Uh, Do you want to play some of the uh, audio from from today? Go for it. And uh, our guy who, uh, uh, Matt Rule, talking about uh, Sam Darnold. Uh. He was asked the simple question, why Sam Darnold? Cut one. Well, I think the first thing um, in general is um, I, I look at every player uh, on an individual basis. Um, you know, Sam or any other player's success has nothing to do with what's happened to other people in similar situations, right? It's going to come down to him. It's going to come down to the, you know, the work that he's, you know, that he puts in. Um, the situation that we have here. And so, um, you know, we believe in Sam, we believe in uh, his skill set, we believe in his approach. Um, as you talk to people that know him, he's tough minded, he's competitive. And, um, uh, you know, we're really hopeful that this will be a, you know, a, a great place for him. And this will be a tremendous time for him in his career. Same goes. All right. <laughs> so. He got an ovation for what he said there. Uh, Matt Rule on the physical tools that Sam Darnold possesses. Um, I think uh, when you see his arm talent, um, his ability to, you know, I think I don't think there's a game that you watch where he doesn't make a play that uh, makes you say that, you know, there it is. I can fit the ball into tight windows, um, can create with his feet. He moves around a ton. Um, You know, he uh, uh, creates plays with his legs, extends plays with his legs. Um, and then you, you can just kind of see and feel his grittiness and his toughness. So I think um, I think his arm talent, his movement are, are, are a great fit for 
uh, the players that we have here that he'll be playing with. Uh, so we had the Sam Darnold audio from yesterday, right, Ben? Do we still have that, or did we uh, ditch that? What, what? Give me. I don't have the list. I don't want to flip to the list in front of me from yesterday. But what's the best Sam Darnold cut from yesterday? Because you know they had him. Panther social media had him like coming up in the in the SUV, the black SUV with the tinted windows yesterday. He emerged from the vehicle. They they kind of gave him the hero's welcome on social media. Wasn't that cool yesterday? Um. So give me the best Sam Darnold cut out of those. Because I do want to play the Matt rule talking about the draft, because obviously getting Darnold perhaps influences the Panthers draft. But I just want to hear what you think the best thing that Sam Darnold said yesterday was. I like the one where he was put on the spot by a guy I've been very critical of, uh, ESPN's David Newton. He asked him, uh, why do you think, what makes you think things are going to change? What's going to make you from... Wow! Yeah. What's going to stop you from sucking in Carolina? Whoa! Come on, Ben. Hey, it was it wasn't that bad, but it was. Hey, I, I'm not too far off of what I just said there. Like David Newton was pretty, uh, was pretty tough. So David on him. Newton, David Newton, who uh, you claim has just reported things kind of haphazardly before. It's been proven um, that he's he's put out false reports like multiple times. That there's no truth to him whatsoever. He just made stuff up. In my opinion, it prefers my opinion. Well, let's just say he's put out reports that, that have not always con- turned out to be the case, right? Is that the best way to say it? If he does put out a report that is true, it's very uh it's it's very it's very overly positive. Like he's not very he doesn't look well, at it from an objective standpoint. Here's what Newton got Newton got hammered by um CMC, did he not? He did. Like CMC said, I'm not talking to you, dog. You're a clown. I mean, CMC kind of, I mean, showed up on a the only show, one of the few shows that's keep keeping ESPN alive is first take. CMC right. he appears up there says says a comment or something. David Newton reports that CMC said something completely different on one of the biggest shows on ESPN, and he calls them out on watched, yeah. that people would have watched. Yeah, and then he that's right. Okay, all right. Well, so Newton uh, got that wrong. All right, so um, this was Newton going at Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, I'm just coming in with an open mind and, you know, just seeking for, you know, a great opportunity to, you know, lead this football team and, and you know, just move the ball up and down the field and score touchdowns, you know. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about, and I think I have a really good opportunity here to do that. He's healthy, Ben, right? By all accounts, Sam Darnold's healthy. He's not going to get mono this year, hopefully. So, I hope not. I hope he didn't get anything worse than mono. But, I mean... He's by and large compared to Cam Newton and even Teddy Bridgewater. Wouldn't you say he's healthy? Yeah, I mean, there's no—I don't think there's any excuses health-wise for uh, Sam right. Sam Darnold. Okay. Um, and now, what does all this mean? Well, as far as the Panthers' draft goes, back to Matt Rule, who talked about that today. It frees us up to 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 pick the best players available. You know, fill potential needs. Um, I mean, anytime you can get someone who's, you know, 23, 24 years old, who was, you know, the third pick in the draft just a few years ago. And, um, you know, we're not giving up, you know, we're not giving up an early pick this year. You know, we're able to, we still have seven picks because of our comp picks. So, you know, we're still, um, you know, we're still picking in every round. So I think it puts us in a real position. You know, I think we drafted well last year and we need, we, to be quite honest, we need another really strong draft. So, 
at the eighth position, I, you know, we'll, 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 um, we'll be flexible. We'll look to take the best player available. Uh, we'll continue to look at quarterbacks. You know, I've been impressed uh, going around and, and, and watching some of these guys throw. So we'll, we'll look at anything and everything. Um, you know, there is no, uh, we're not locked into everything. And this week is our, is our uh, draft meeting week. Um, we'll meet this entire week and, and, and uh, really kind of set the board, uh, the coaches and the scouts and Scott and me. And, and so we'll maybe have a little more clarity on the inside, but um, uh, I think this trade allowed us to, to, to bring in another quarterback player that we believe in at the same time, um, still have the eighth pick, still have the 39th pick, still have some pretty good, you know, draft capital. Yeah. That tells me they're not necessarily going to go after a quarterback. Uh, the Falcons, by the way, are trying to get back into the Justin or get, get into the Justin field sweepstakes. I guess they're going to be in another pro day for him. Uh, any, but is there any indication? Was there any media reports today? What the experts are thinking they're going to, the Panthers are going to do still tight end. There's reports is, indicating that number one on their draft board is Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Yeah. In Florida. The tight so. end. Yeah. Well, but look, if Jerry Jones wants him bad enough, get a trade, right? Too work much talk out. about a tight end and a quarterback in a corner. I'm hearing nothing about a tackle or an offensive lineman, and I'm a little need, worried right now. We need an offensive lineman in Carolina. We need a left tackle. I think everybody would admit that. Just look at the GM. Comes from the Seahawks. <laughs> Where they never would have offensive linemen. But they had a good defense. All right. Uh, Pirate Report when we return. Let's do that, Ben, and then uh, we'll uh, talk about sports gambling in North Carolina. Hear from Jim Perry. Uh, the senator and get a few comments from uh, Rick Henderson on that, uh, how likely this is to come to fruition before the uh, start of the NFL season and college football season. Uh, ben, we got uh, some Bojangles, right? It's bow time. Uh, let's uh, do caller uh, five. Why not? Uh, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. You will be a winner of a uh, Bojangles gift card uh, that we have, uh, for you. So, uh, stand by, uh, to dial now. And if you are the, uh, first or the fifth caller, you will be a winner. Two, five, two, five, six, one game, two, five, two, five, six, one, four, two, six, three Bojangles serving up their delicious chicken fixings and breakfast biscuits all day long in store or at the drive-thru. If you're ready for some comfort food, it's bow time. We'll be back. But if you close your eyes, does it feel like what a beautiful day today, and uh, a low of 51 tonight. Tomorrow, 78. Tomorrow night, a rain chance. And then Thursday, we're looking at a high near 70, and then 69, brother. Friday, sunny skies. Weekend's looking nice. Just really delightful weather. Uh, happy birthday. Speaking of uh, our friends at Minji's Bottling Group and Pepsi, my guy Landon Minji celebrating a big birthday today. And uh, my uh, little buddy, Smithwick. Celebrating a birthday today, my uh, youngest nephew. Happy birthday to all of them. Uh, Eric in Winterville was our bow time winner. He has come on the uh, uh, phone here, and we want to congratulate him and thank him for calling and listening to the show. Eric, all well today for you? What a beautiful day. Are you going to do something outdoors here this evening? Oh, did we lose him, Ben? Uh, I'm here. Oh, hey, hello, Eric. How hey. are you? Hey Patrick, how you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Oh good. Are you, are you? Congratulations on uh, the Bojangles uh, gift card. Good for you. Good for you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Sir. Do you do you have any questions or any comments you'd like to make? We like to give the let the Bojangles winners because it is bow time. Kind of sound off a little bit here. So anything you want to ask or anything you want to make a statement on or 
Uh, anything from uh, you want to say to Ben or ask Ben? You know, he's a us- unusual character, so there's a lot. Uh, I haven't heard y'all talk about uh, Jalen Gardner signing with Virginia. Just want to see what your thoughts were on that. Well, you have come to the right place at the right time because that is what we're going to do right now in today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Oh, we couldn't have planned that any better, could we? Thank you, Eric. Uh, So, Jaden Gardner, after the show yesterday, made it official. He picks Virginia over uh, Arkansas, over LSU, over Miami, and over NC State. Uh, He'll go play for Tony Bennett. And, uh, of course, uh, UVA, the uh, 19 national champs. It'll have a couple years to play in Charlottesville. Uh, Kudos to uh, Tyler at WITN, Tyler Feldman with uh, Channel 7 Sports. He got a little sit down with uh, Jaden Gardner, and uh, he asked him why he chose Virginia. Just faith in God and my faith in God. uh, We really had a really good good connection from the start. Um, And just the opportunity I had to play in ACC. And uh, to play play right away, you know, and just they needed someone at that position, and it was just an opportunity I couldn't refuse. And Jaden was asked why he decided uh, to to kind of not go to NC State. He's from the Triangle area, Wake Forest. Played at Heritage High School. Decided to play at NC State and not, uh, or rather, not played NC State. Kind of a hometown team, and instead play at UVA. NC State's right around the corner, but. Uh, me and my family felt it's it in my best interest uh, to go to Virginia, but uh, state it was it was tough to go away from state. So there you go. I, I think a good move for Jaden Gardner. I think uh, look, Virginia plays the pack line defense. Jaden Gardner is not a great defender. Uh, he will, I think, get better under Tony Bennett. Players often seem to do. Uh, the possessions are not going to be, you're not going to get multiple possessions per game. There's not going to be a lot of uh, high scoring games, but I think this suits Jaden's game. Uh, I think you're going to have better shooters around him. So this might maybe allows Jaden to, to do some things offensively and, and some space to operate. Uh, he's going to have to get a little better defensively. He's going to have to develop and find a three point shot at some point. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe that, uh, this could work out for Jaden. I think he'll be there both years. I don't think this is a deal where he's going to get his. Uh, this is not like a, a grad transfer situation, a one year and he's out. So with the he'll get a, a mulligan on this year. And in a previous statements that he released once he was leaving ECU, he kind of alluded to the fact that he wants to go somewhere where he has a chance to get some eyes on him in terms of getting to the the pro level, being able to play pro ball. And well, I think out of his top five. Uh, Virginia is probably the best option if you seriously consider or want to develop your game to the point where you can be a pro-level prospect. Well, look at this. Arkansas and LSU out of the SEC, right? Right, right. Uh, They get up and down the floor. They like high-possession, high-scoring games. Jaden could score points, but Jaden's not a guy. He's a little more suited for a half-court game. Would you agree with that? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. He likes to play in the post a lot. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to be driving right steady into the paint or anything like that or – Shoot on the outside, yeah. Right, his shot's not there to to, to play in that. He's not the fleetest of foot guy. He's not a great defender. Uh, It sounds like I'm knocking him here, but this is the book on Jaden Gardner. Now, he's got a great motor. He's a great leader. He's a great kid. He's going to score points uh, because he goes downhill. He's got a great downhill game offensively. He's going to get to the line. He can make free throws. He'll rebound. I mean, there's a lot of very positive things that he brings. I, I didn't think LSU and 
Arkansas were great fits for him stylistically, but that does check the box of winning because those are winning programs. Miami is not necessarily a winning program, um, but you would have had a chance to be the man there because the Miami roster has been depleted by injury and they're a bottom level ACC team, right? And you're in Miami. I mean, how can but you, you are in Miami. Miami? Have some fun. <laughs> that, 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 I think that was perhaps a, Hey, if I'm going to be somewhere, why not be in South Florida? Uh, NC state probably would have been their best player. If not one of them, the best player, but you're not going to win at NC state. Not on the level he he wants to win. So this, you're right, Ben. This checks all the boxes. Stylistically, it fits him. It gives him a chance uh, with better shooters around him to have some space to operate on offense. Uh, I think with the way that they can kind of hide his defensive deficiencies in the pack line, he's a little more made for that. And look, Tony Ben has produced some guys who played in the NBA and been great contributors on teams. So this is a chance for Jaden Gardner to get better. Well, if you look at State's roster, I mean, look, excuse me, I don't follow State that closely, but last time I checked, I mean, they still have Thunderbird and they still have Manny Bates. I mean, they've kind of, they already kind of assumed that role that Jaden Gardner kind of wants at other programs. I mean, they, you know, where those guys would have been behind Jaden Gardner. I mean, really, you think so? You you believe he's a better, he's better player than those two guys. I I do believe that. Yes, but he's gone to the the place, in my opinion, that's best for him to check all the boxes. Get better, work on his game, get some national exposure, win games. Out of the five that he had, this was the one that checked all the boxes across the board. And look, it's not like he's going to Antarctica to play. He's going to Charlottesville. It's not that far away. Yeah, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, We got Coach Houston with us tomorrow. He'll be with us right at the top of the hour on the uh, show. So that's part of our pirate report today. Uh, Interesting uh, tweet coming out from uh, Kendall with D1 Baseball today. Uh, the Yukon Creighton series called because of COVID, I guess, in the Yukon program, Ben, is that right? And so Kendall Rogers puts out there in a tweet, and the uh, ECU Houston series is a little iffy at this point. I'm paraphrasing there. And I said, Rutro. And if you read down the, the, the Twitter thread, uh, it's, it's a, apparently, according to Kendall Rogers, who lives in Texas, is because of something going on in the Houston program now uh no official announcement this is just kendall rogers reporting this on d1 baseball but that's that's obviously uh, a big deal so we'll keep an eye on that see what the word is out of houston what does that mean i would they would certainly have to make a a decision tomorrow i would think on this wouldn't you because you're traveling thursday so yeah I, to me i think you'd go you'd have to go ahead if, if that's the case and there are indeed COVID issues in the houston program per kendall rogers a report uh, that uh, you know you got you're going to have to schedule somebody if you're ECU. You don't want to not play this weekend, so you do want to play. I guess you could play Creighton. So maybe the Pirates would go to Omaha, or the road to Omaha would come to Greenville. Starting a little bit early. It's starting a little bit early. Yeah, the regionals. They're they're picking the regional super regionals early. Why not go to Omaha a little bit early? Uh, there you go. And then uh, Patrick Nation, according to Two Four Seven Sports, has entered the transfer portal. Uh, much heralded Ballyud kicker uh, who was in the competition to replace Jake Verity. Uh, he has entered the transfer portal, according to reports earlier this afternoon. And look, he was on the field as, as recently as Sunday uh, with the uh, Pirates. So something to talk to Coach Houston about perhaps tomorrow, but uh, Patrick Nations into the transfer portal. I think we covered it all at the Pirate Report today. Ben, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
even the kicker, the kicker. I mean, we we've covered all fronts here. There you go. All right, uh, Ben, you got some other fronts to cover ahead of Rick Henderson joining us. Oh, there's plenty of them. All right. So we've got sports gambling in North Carolina on your device, uh, in a brick and mortar location that is not on a tribal, uh, land. Uh, that's a bill that's, uh, in the North Carolina legislature right now. So, uh, here is, uh, Ben ahead of, uh, our delve into that subject, which is coming up on the other side of the break. Ben with an update on everything else going on in the world of sports. Ben, what you got? Thanks, Patrick. We start Pirate Baseball as they find themselves in an interesting predicament heading into their series against Houston this weekend. According to D1 Baseball's Kendall Rogers, ECU series against the Cougars is in danger of being canceled due to COVID issues within Houston's program. Creighton series against UConn has also been canceled due to issues within the Huskies program. The Creighton Blue Jays have been brought up as a potential replacement for this weekend. From Pirate Football, redshirt freshman kicker Patrick Nations has entered the transfer portal, freeing up a scholarship. And of course, the big news related to Pirate Basketball is Junior Ford Jaden Garner is officially transferred to Virginia. Garner decided establishing a great relationship with head coach Tony Bennett and their faith as a huge factor in his decision. Elsewhere in college basketball down in Chapel Hill, UNC's new head coach and Hubert Davis is said to make $2 million annually over five years, while former Tar Heel center Walker Kessler is transferred to Auburn to be closer to family. And the American Athletic Conference has eliminated their transfer policy and will now allow players to transfer within the conference without losing a year of eligibility. From the NBA, Denver suffers a a huge loss as guard Jamal Murray has torn an ACL in his left knee and will be out indefinitely. And from the NFL, Julian Edelman officially announced his retirement late last night after being released by the Patriots for a failed physical. And the Arizona Cardinals signed former Pro Bowl running back James Conner to a one-year deal. Fear 94th the game sports update. I'm Ben Byram. Sports gambling, and of course, uh, in the mountains at the Cherokee Harris Casino, they opened their sports book right around the time of the start of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I believe the first one in the state of North Carolina. Last week, Jim Perry, who is a senator from Eastern North Carolina, he represents District 7, Lenore County is uh, where he's from. He and a uh, Democrat, Paul Lowe, who coincidentally is a uh, minister, uh, Paul Lowe from Winston-Salem, introduced a bill in the Senate, Senate Bill 688, which would regulate mobile and retail sports books in North Carolina. Uh, we're going to have a guest on to talk about uh, this in a moment, but uh, we want to bring you a couple of comments from uh, Senator Perry. He appeared last week on our sister station, WTIB, and the Talk of the Town program to talk about what led him to make this decision, he and, uh, and the Democrat Paul Lowe, to file this House bill that would essentially legalize sports gambling in North Carolina beyond the tribal grounds. Every sheriff likely knows uh, who bookies are in their county and that this is taking place. We talked about those, those game houses and, and how there's been efforts to shut them down, but they're, they're nimble. And we talked about the, the needs that we have. And we said, you know, really the only way to do away with illegal gambling and illegal gaming is to push them in the spotlight and make them pay their fair share uh, of, of taxes and fees like any other industry because it's going on today. And we, we talked about the difficulties of the rural areas like, like Lenore County that's lost 7% of its population in the last decade. We're always going to fall behind. 
And, you know, I, I'm open to listen to all ideas about how to, how to fund school construction uh, because I, I know we need some help. Um, this idea may fall flat. It, it may advance. I, I don't know. But, you know, one of my jobs is to help shepherd that through. And uh, we had a, just very good conversations about it. And I'll, I'll point out that um, Senator Lowe is, is also uh, a minister. And we talk about the real problems that we face and, and you know, what, what about our state motto, to be rather than to seem? Why, why are we just ignoring that this is taking place and allowing these people to um, break the law and have this benefit and not contribute their part to society? All right, that's Senator Jim Perry. Uh, he was on the Talk of the Town program last week. Uh, Trent McGee asked him about the amount of money, and again, the money for this, uh, the, the, the tax proceeds from legalized sports gambling would go to school construction uh something that is sorely needed especially in uh rural parts of north carolina particularly the east and the west and this is uh this is what uh senator perry was asked about by trent mcgee regarding a uh at least the early estimates of 50 million dollar uh tag that would come from that to go towards school construction uh in the state of north carolina that would come from the tax proceeds of uh, legal gaming in North Carolina across the state. So if, if you think about it, we set aside about $100 million just for school construction as part of lottery funding. So it would be immediately increasing that, you know, potentially, if, depending on how the final shape is. But I'd like for all of that uh, to be earmarked for school construction. That would increase it by 50%. But, you know, people are looking at different avenues and, and venues, sort of the same thing. If, if these people freely choose to wager today and they're already doing it uh and they freely choose to participate in that system it's a way to raise funds without forcing new taxes on any one group you know this is a a choice that they make it's their money i I don't know that i want to lay my money on the table every week to gamble uh but if they choose to do it it you know it, it makes more sense to me than forcing a tax on someone, especially in our poorest area. So let's get uh, some further thoughts and analysis on this. We turn to the purveyor of deregulator.net, our friend Rick Henderson, joining us uh, again on the Patrick Johnson Show. Whenever sports and politics cross at an intersection, it's always good to have Rick on to uh, help us make sense of it. Rick, uh, congratulations on the new endeavor, and uh, we are uh, always appreciative of your time. Thank you very much, Patrick. I, I don't know if I serve as the traffic cop or the uh, or, or the accident investigator when uh, <laughs> when sports and politics intersect. I'm not sure which. So, uh, Senator Perry, who we know well from Lenore County, is behind this bill, and it's an effort to uh, regulate mobile and retail sports books and do so in commercial in a commercial sense. In other words, it would just not be regulated to tribal locations. Uh, but you could possibly have, well, certainly everybody would have access to it that has a phone or a smartphone, one would, one would think. And uh, we'll see where uh, this goes from there. Uh, thoughts on this? Uh, it just, this seems like uh, that this is one of the things that's uh, coming down the road. And uh, uh, kudos from my perspective to uh, Senator Perry to at least uh, get the conversation going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, what you've seen very often is, is that uh, is that state lawmakers wait 
until, uh, to use a bad metaphor, the train has left the station before they get involved in this sort of issue. And now that uh, most sports betting is legal nationally with the states figuring out how to do it and also how to navigate uh, the gambling landscape with the Indian tribes that are in their various states, uh, Senator Perry stepping forward. And this proposal would allow somewhere between 10 and 12 licenses to be issued to non-tribal entities. So the tribes could have as many gambling operations as they wish to pay licenses to obtain and as much as they uh, follow the, the guidelines. And the idea essentially is to set up mobile sports operations anytime, but also uh, brick and mortar uh, gambling operations largely in uh, sports arenas and, and similar places. So you're not going to see them, let's say, at uh, at Dowdy Sicklin. You're not going to see them at Carter Finley. You're not going to see them at Keenan, but you're going to see them in, uh, let's say, the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets Arena, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, you'll see them in places that are not on campus mm-hmm. uh, that are private operations that can have, have certain seating requirements and things like that. And uh, there also will, as you say, will be mobile apps. And this is the big thing because people now can go to the tribal casino, the uh, casino, I'm talking like Roy Williams, the casino, the casino <laughs> at the, up near Cherokee and can, uh, and can place bets. Uh, their sports book just recently opened. Right. You can go up there and do that, but you can't do it on an app, which you can do it in a lot of other places. And so this is a way to actually allow you to uh, benefit, uh, take the benefits of, uh, of wagering on sports and take them with you. We've got Rick Henderson. Deregulator.net is Rick's uh, new endeavor. Go there and subscribe, and uh, you can not only keep up with uh, this story, but also really everything that goes on out of Raleigh. And uh, if we've learned anything in the last year, a lot of what happens in Raleigh, boy, does it have a greater impact than I think a lot of people uh, – imagined uh we you and i knew it rick a lot of other people i think have gotten hip to that idea (laughs) in the last uh year uh senator perry believes that this could bring 50 million as far as annual revenue from for north carolina this is a big business rick 50 million though seems like a big number yeah it does and that's based on an eight percent tax on gross receipts so that means that you've got to generate somewhere in the neighborhood of about $600 million in revenue yeah. to hit that number. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a that significant uh, amount of coin. And the thing that always uh, has interested me about the, the expansion of gambling across the country is that people saw huge pots of money in Nevada and in Atlantic City. And then as some of the big tribal casinos started getting big, uh, they saw lots and lots and lots of money. The question is, how much of it is there to really go around? Does, does a new supply of gambling create demand for new people to play, or does it just simply move money around? And so that's that's the, the big unknown. Now, Senator Perry wants to use this money for school construction, which is, I think, an admirable goal because, for one thing, it's much better to have things like that paid for in cash rather than through borrowing. So that's a good thing. That's, and again, it's not necessarily going to be prescribed in a law that that money has to go for school construction. So that's something that you got to be a little bit concerned about is that the, as with the education lottery, and that's where this money is going to go through, as with the education lottery, they can get pretty squirrely about the definition yeah. about what actually constitutes education. 
That said, uh, the money that's got supposed to come in, I mean, we'll see. It, it may well be that there are enough that there's enough demand, especially with the online option, to generate that level of revenue. But we'll, as I say, we'll just have to see. Some of the states that have uh, that have started uh, allowing sports gambling have not seen the amount of money they expected, and it may well just be because some people just like to go to Vegas and they just like to go to those destinations, and uh, they, they so they may prefer doing that than just simply going out for a weekend and gambling. Although I will say, given what the hotel rates are during the uh, first weekend of the NCAA tournament in Vegas, <laughs> you can come up with, if you can come up with some attractive options that are closer and less expensive, I'm all in. <laughs> uh, Senator Jim Perry sponsoring Senate Bill 688 to regulate mobile and retail sports books in North Carolina. Uh, last week, uh, this was uh, introduced. Uh, Rick Henderson, deregulator.net. Uh, Rick joining us uh, here to uh, to talk about this and kind of give us uh, uh, the, the skinny on this. You had mentioned the tribal sports book uh, tied to this. I'm having to assume that, uh, the and you kind of outlined this, the way the legislation is being proposed, uh, that this, this you know, seems like uh, that it's co- would be kosher with uh, – with Cherokee, for example, which uh, just opened their sports book, there's another one opening uh, on a tribal grounds at a casino later on in the year. Uh, so, is there any blowback from from that sector? I mean, let's face it; they probably have lobbyists. Uh, are, oh, they, they certainly do. <laughs> are the, is their lobby going against this right now? Uh, Senator Perry says they haven't gotten any kind of blowback from this at all so far. And it, uh, and I would, and, and that sounds that sounds reasonable to me because the there's you know, there's a real complicated legal situation between Native American tribes and state governments and the federal government because the the tribes are allegedly sovereign, and so the way that the that the federal government's figured this all out is that if a state allows one type of gambling for private entities, then it has to allow the same thing for the tribe. It can't offer something that is exclusive to, uh, to uh, you know, to, to uh, the private sector that it doesn't allow the tribes to offer. So uh, this is a way that they probably will very well see their business expand. Because for one thing, uh, you know, Harris operates the Cherokee Casino. Right. is going to be another one, as you mentioned, that's going to go in Kings Mountain, the Catawba Tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, these outfits are really good at managing gambling operations. One would imagine that they would have a ready-made uh, app software that could handle the online portion of this very quickly, or that at least could integrate with the state system without any problem whatsoever. And of course, they'll be paying the taxes to the state that uh, that would come from these operations. So it's not as if they're going to get out, out of this tax-free. So uh, from, from what Senator Perry says, the tribes don't seem to have any problem with it, and I would imagine they would not have a problem with it. There, there are national outlets, DraftKings and others, that uh, do offer these services as well, and I'm sure it could be integrated to, to be sort of a subcontractor in North Carolina. But you also have an education lottery here that uh, has been in the business and a pretty good business of, uh, of running a lottery system. And, and you might say, well, how is this similar to lottery? Well, keto has become a big push in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. And you're starting to see keto's, uh, keto stations – uh, put up in uh, watering holes and restaurants and, and various establishments. And a lot of what the North Carolina Education Lottery has done in the last year is gone to these uh, digital kind of kiosks. You, you, there's not a whole lot of interaction. You're not going into the corner store 
in a lot of bigger places now and, you know, interacting with uh, the clerk. That, that might be COVID-inspired, but it also kind of cleans up that and, and, and streamlines that a little bit. Uh, it, it would seem to reason to me, Rick, that if we have the technology to, to install a keto uh, situation and we have the technology to have these kiosks, you probably would be able to, through that same technology, through the education lottery, uh, they could kind of run this in a sense, or at least they have the the, the system in place to help run this in a sense. Uh, yeah, so, I think, so I guess that's yeah. part of the question, too, is who who would be managing this potentially in North Carolina? Yeah, I, from my understanding, the, the, the actual uh, operation will be run through the education lottery. Now, there, there will almost certainly be uh, specialized uh, managers and staff sure, to handle sure. the, uh, this, the people with expertise in how you handle these sorts of things. And if you actually look at the language of the, of the bill, which is uh, Senate Bill uh, what is it, 688, I believe 688, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if you actually look at the language of the bill on the General Assembly site, You'll see that the the types of gambling that are allowed are uh, are are somewhat restricted. So, for instance, you're not going to be able to go into you're not going to be able to go watch a Panthers game, and in between plays, uh, <laughs> do 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 prop that or say, where's the fun in that, Senator Perry? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's right. You're not going to be able to place a five dollar bet on whether or not they're going to run a jet sweep next, I and mean, you're not going right. to be able to do things like that. So there won't be prop bets allowed, but it will be. I guess it will be sort of the the type of gambling you normally would have seen in a sports book in Vegas, right? Circa two thousand. Okay, let's say. it's got well, it's gotten very sophisticated in the past in the past few we, years. We we got to walk before we run here, uh, Rick. Um, there you go. So, uh, Rick Henderson, deregulator dot net. Want everybody to check out that website there and subscribe uh, to the newsletter. Uh, Rick uh, joining us uh, here. A couple more things, Rick. Uh, we obviously have the legislative session that adjourns in july here we are mid-april so there's still time here i don't know how fast track this is where is the bill uh currently best you could tell uh it was introduced uh last week and so it uh right now sitting in the senate rules committee which means it's awaiting uh, assignment to the various committees and they're going to have to figure out uh the leadership has to figure out uh, how to how to navigate this through the process because it's going to have to go through several places. They used to, they used to say that the more committees a bill was assigned to, the more likely it was to die. Uh, and you can't really fast track something that that involves the education lottery, education generally, revenues, uh, law enforcement. I mean, it's going to probably have to go through several committees before it even gets to a floor vote, and so that's going to hold it up a little bit. Uh, they, they, as you say, the, the session is supposed to end July 2nd. Because this involves money, then you don't have to worry about what's called crossover, which is when you, a bill has to pass either the Senate or the House to not die at the end of the mid-year session. So they've got two, basically a year and a half to get this done. Okay. My thought was maybe they, they try to get it so that it's in place by the start of the college football season, maybe uh, by the time that the uh, that the uh, Catawba Casino opens up in Kings Mountain, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, they they've got time to do this, and so if they find that there are some hiccups along the way, it's not as if this has to be a rushed process. At all. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I would think there'd be a real push if it was going to be fast tracked to try to get it at least by the beginning of the uh, NFL season with the Panthers kicking off in mid uh, September. So we'll see. 
uh, how, how all that works. Uh, we'll, uh, we've reached out to Senator Perry. Hope to have him on to discuss it at some point, too. Rick Henderson uh, with us uh, here. So final question here for you, Rick. Um, and I asked Darren Revell this uh, when we interviewed Darren here a few months ago, several months ago. Uh, you know, he, he's always he's now at the Action Network, had been kind of the business guy with CNBC for business sports guy and also with ESPN. Uh, I asked him this in a across the nation question. I'll narrow it to the focus of the old North state for you. What gets legalized first, sports betting or marijuana in North Carolina? Uh, sports betting. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, marijuana is still going to be uh, problematic for a lot of folks. Uh, if you would, however, if you would narrow that to medical marijuana, that may beat sports betting. Okay. That, 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 yeah. But if you're talking about for recreational use, uh, we will have we will have lost a lot of money uh, betting on uh, pick your team between <laughs> we have <laughs> recreational marijuana legalized in North Carolina. <laughs> There you go. Uh, but medical medical marijuana, you feel like uh, that, that's that's also gotten some uh, some strong push from leadership, has it not? In yeah, in the last yeah. week, and and Senator Tillis, uh, you know, on the on the on the federal side has uh, has advocated that. So I mean, he's got he does have some pull in the state. So I think uh, you may well see that that move along, and it may be something that they tr- that they try to get done. Uh, before they leave in July. Gotcha. Hey, uh, always great to catch up with you, uh, Rick, and uh, check out Rick Henderson's work, deregulator.net. Rick, thanks for the time uh, here this afternoon. Always my pleasure, Patrick. Always great talking to you. Absolutely. Uh, There he goes, Rick Henderson. Thanks to him. Uh, Again, D1 Baseball saying that there are some possible COVID issues in the Houston program. Nothing official yet. We'll keep an eye on it, see if that impacts the series this weekend. Tomorrow, Mike Houston will be with us. Hope you will also.